This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, I'm Clint Cannon from APS. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today. This is kicking off a new kind of series that we're doing of guys who work on their own trucks. We know that diesel truck owners are very independent love to know their trucks inside and out and a lot of guys out there are working on them themselves and it'd be anything from just mild to wild so we've got uh, a guest today he's a podcast fan he's gonna be talking to us about his second gen and what he started with and what he built it toward so it's going to be a ton of information about injectors p-pumps manual clutches just tons of different things that we think you guys are going to enjoy like to hear about and hopefully help you guys when you decide to modify your truck and whether you tackle the job yourself or take it somewhere to have someone work on. Before we get to it though, we want to thank a few of our sponsors who make episodes like this possible. The first is Diesel Doctor of Tennessee. Those guys have a complete lineup of crate engines ready to go. So if you're looking for 6.4, Power Stroke, Cummins, Duramax, anything like that, whether it's for a work truck or a race truck, they can help you out. Just go to diesel911.com. You can check out all the details, all the options that you can have. And if you have questions, you can give them a call. The really friendly staff over there, more than happy to answer your questions. And also BD Diesel Performance. BD released a ton of new products at SEMA. They've got them in stock, ready to go. You can have them sometimes as quick as within a day. So if you're looking to modify your Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke, whether it's transmissions, turbos, manifolds, diff covers, transmission pans, rebuild kits, pretty much anything, go to dieselperformance.com. You can search by year, make, and model. Get those products narrowed down to your specific truck, and you can buy right on the site or give them a call if you have questions. They're more than happy to help you. All right, let's get to chatting with Max and learning about his second gen. Max, I'm really excited to chat with you today about your Cummins. It's a it's a cool build, and I had uh, posted up on social media that we were looking for guys who work on their own trucks, and you're like, hey, I've worked on mine. I really want to talk about what I got, you know, and I think our listeners are really going to enjoy what you've done with your, your truck, so glad to have you on today. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you taking the time. Tell us what uh, what year make you got. So it's an 01 uh, Dodge 5.9. Um, let's see, I got it. Um, I think I've had the truck for about six years. Um, it's not the first second gen I've owned. Um, I guess starting, I guess how I got on the second gen is uh, I was in junior high and my shop teacher at the time actually had an old 12 valve. It was a pristine 12 valve, you know, nice five speed, just full drive, grandpa driven, <laughs> beautiful. And I and I thought, man, you know, that's a nice truck. And he always talked about how reliable it was. And then so when I got of driving age, I finally able to get my hands on a uh, second gen. It was an auto. There was no two sport. And it was a nice truck. Um, but eventually, I started doing some research into doing modifications because I've always been kind of a, a gear nut. You know, I've always liked to mess with stuff. And so at the time, I was kind of juvenile, and I was like, "Oh, well, you can't build an auto. That's too expensive." So <laughs> I <went laughs> sold that, and I bought this truck. Um, and it was a rebuilt title. I got. A, good deal on it it was in good shape um and so i kind of just started from there you know i just intake exhaust you know the first couple of years and then you know at this point i was still pretty juvenile into the whole thing so i didn't know a whole bunch about turbos and injectors and pumps and all this stuff and it wasn't until about two three years ago until i um 
started really getting into the meat of it, you know, doing a set of injectors, doing a turbo, doing valve train work and all that stuff. And it was a steep slope from there. What helped when you were looking at doing, say, injectors or doing modifications in general? Where did you find helpful information or just different things to know what direction to go with the air and the fuel? Yeah, so um, at the time I was on one of these Facebook pages. It was, I think, 12,000 and 24,000 diesels and I, uh, there was this guy on there named Parker Earp who owns uh, Dark Cloud Diesel over in Ohio and um, I didn't really know much so I, I gave him a call and I hit him up on Facebook and you know I just started asking him all these questions about you know what's, what's too big of an injector for a stock you know HX35 at the time and then um, then he talked me into a turbo with that set up and I found it really helpful to actually call Call a guy who knows more than you about it and just talk with them because they're not going to try to oversell you to their their super pristine high end parts that you don't need. So um, that's my best advice is to just start reading forums or talk to people who have knowledge in that field. Now, when you when you were starting to get into that, did you have a horsepower number in mind, or was it something where I just want a little more and then it kind of picks up steam and then? Yeah, uh, well, at the time I was into sled pulling, and I still am. Um, but I was kind of ready to get out of the work stock phase, you know, because I was, it was just your everyday run-of-the-mill trucks going in there, and I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to go into a 2.5 and being competitive. So um, I called him and asked, and I was like, hey, you know, what kind of turbo could I run and still be a 2.5 class and, you know, what size of injector and, and that kind of stuff. And um, out of my horsepower goal, really, at the time, I thought 500 horse was really cool. And I was like, yeah, it'd be super cool to go around and say, you have a truck, 500 horse, blah, blah, blah. And then I got 500 horse, and I was like, well, I kind of want more. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to work like that in 100 to 150 horsepower increments. So it's like, Absolutely. I just want five. And then, yeah, I don't really want 550. I want six. And then I want seven, seven. It just keeps yeah, going. Yeah, soon enough, you're into the four digits. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> we were talking uh, before a little bit about the truck and you had mentioned that you did a p-pump conversion and a lot of our listeners have asked about tips or what the install was like or you know your impressions of it after you did it can you walk us through one why you decided to do a p-pump conversion and then two the whole process of it yeah so um the reason why i did it was because um i knew that the vp was it was limited on power However, that being said, I know there are guys out there making 1K plus RVP, and that is, I find that fantastic. That is awesome. But I just wanted to go a different route. You know, I wanted a little bit more RPM capability and that kind of stuff. And um, uh, at the time, my VP was going out. So I was like, I need to either pull the trigger or I need to get another VP and wait and then wish I did the pump swap with later. <laughs> yeah. So um, I ended up doing the swap. I got the pump from... Parker, uh, that Dark Cloud Diesel, and then I took it to H&H Diesel in Tacoma, and they built it, and it's just a 12 mil pump. It's nothing special. It, um, they said it flowed around 800 cc's, and that's pretty strong for a, for a 12 mil. And uh, so I guess the whole process is, and I thought the easiest part to do was, is order a kit to do it. And because I ordered Crazy Carl's kit, and the kit was quality. It came with all the parts. I, didn't, I wouldn't have any missing parts. You know, and the lines came from side, so I knew they were quality, and it just helped. And I know a lot of people like to 
you know, outsource all the parts. And they like to gather themselves, you know, pull them off like a timing cover off a 12 valve and then pull whatever pump mounting brackets you want off a 12 valve and whatever. You know, I was like, that's cool, but I just, I wanted to do it, get it done, and be done with it. And um, so far, I'm happy with it, um, except for the amount of timing I have in it. Starting it in the cold is not not the greatest here in Montana. It's starting to get a little little chilly. <laughs> How long did it take you to from the time so you got all the parts together to when the truck would you know fire up and run as far as install? I had it fired up. Let's see. I did. I spent kind of nights working on it, um, and I was super timid on doing stuff too because I didn't want to mess anything up. So it, it probably took me about two weeks. So, and I know it can be done in a lot quicker time, but I just devoted, you know, after work time to it. But I bet after you were done, though, you knew every, you knew how everything fit together. You know, everything, you had kind of the pride of workmanship of putting it on yourself and you know how it goes on. The torque specs for different things. Everything's fitting together. So, you know, it's it's like, yeah, I put my P-pump on my truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was a good experience, you know, because I got to I got to kind of play with timing a little bit. I got to play with with everything basically, and it um, it's a great chance to really get into your motor, you know. That's and that's one of the things I find most beneficial is a lot of projects, you know, people are a little timid to do. I mean, yeah, there are some high dollar items like engine rebuilds and stuff like that that people could get into, and and but that's how I learn, you know. I just learn by diving into it. If I make a mistake. Yeah, if it costs some money, but, you know, I won't do it again. Well, and also if you want to change something up or, you know, something, you need to replace something, you, you've you've already kind of jumped into it, so you have that comfort level with, I can do this and, you know, save some money, not necessarily have to take it to a shop. Yeah, you, you, know, you know where it is and what's wrong and how to diagnose, too. That's one of the most important parts is knowing how to diagnose the issue. And with the turbo setup, is it still running a 2.5 turbo, or did you change that up as well? So I have, um, originally was running a 6374. Um, that was my 2.5 turbo, uh, just an FXE. It was an amazing charger for what I put it through. Um, it had two good seasons on it. Um, I did just go to a 467 um, just for the street, and I made the setup so I can come sled pull season. If I still daily drive the truck, I can pull the turbo off and put the 2.5 turbo on because it's nothing but a 20-minute job on a 24-valve. And um, I just wanted a little bit more drivability on the street because once I put the P-pump on, um, I had a lot more fuel than I did with the VP. And um, I had a .91 housing on my 63, and so then I went to a 1.0 to kind of drop the, the boost and drive pressure a little bit. And um, it wasn't really that drivable on the street. You know, I could have swapped housings, but I, you know, like I said before, you know, I, I thought 500 horse was cool, and then I was like, you know, it'd be cool to make 700. <laughs> <laughs> so I put that on, and uh, I actually just finished it up on Monday night. So um, you know, I'll have to throw it on the dyno here soon and uh, see what it can do. And now, as far as like being up in Montana, a little bit higher elevation, are you happy with the streetability of the setup? Um, yeah, the, the, I could probably retard the timing a little bit, but um, as far as the drivability goes, it's it's pretty good, especially with the 467, and it has a .90 housing on it, so it spools a little little quicker than that 63 does, and it doesn't stay super hot, you know, up top. It, up top, it does get a little hot, but, you know, driving and towing, it's not bad. Actually, later today, I'm going to go tow 10K with it, and <laughs> we'll see how it does, but... Um, 
I was when I first did the peat pump swap. I was actually pleasantly surprised how cool um, my temperatures did stay with the one panel housing, especially towing. What kind of EGT numbers did you see? So going up a pass, you know, kind of half for all with that 63. I think it was like I could hover around 1100. But if I, you know, by any means, if I mashed it, I could cruise past 17, 1800. And I, it's just typical peat pump stuff. You know, you've got all the fuel in the world. So, um, but with the 467, I think the max I've seen is, I think, 1,200, and that was pegged. That's good. Yeah, it's a little cooler, and uh, I like that because, especially with a bigger charger, it's uh, moving a lot more air. You'll have to let us know how the towing does. I know a lot of the listeners are going to be like, well, how's it tow? <laughs> you know, because we all want to use our trucks, do a little bit of everything with it, but have the power. It's so cool to hear about setups where you can do that. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why I was a little timid to do the peat pump swap at first because I was like, you know, I don't know how reliable it is. I don't know how it's going to tow. Because, I mean, I do tow, but I don't tow super heavy by any means. But it's the truck's kind of my daily driver. I have a little TDI Jetta that I drive around. But it whenever I need a four-wheel drive truck, I've got it. And it's always been the you know, the Surrey horse, it's never, I've never had any big problems with it. It's always been reliable. So I was kind of timid to take away the reliability, but um, so far it's been proving itself pretty well, especially towing. The only issue with towing for me now is I do have a dual ceramic clutch, so it's a little snappy <laughs> off the get-go. <laughs> but other than that, after you're rolling, it, it, it does okay. That's what I was going to ask you about next is the, the transmission setup, like what the, uh... What kind of clutch, what kind of, you know, setup do you have to get the power to the ground? Yeah, it's um, basically the whole drivetrain is pretty much stocked beside the clutch. Um, and I'm really surprised that that MD4500 takes what I put it through during sled pulling season. Because um, I, I have to pull in third gear and third and third and fifth are one of the, they're the two weakest gears in that tranny and it, it takes it. But um, eventually, I'd like to either go to a six-speed or uh, do an auto. I just haven't decided yet. depends which route I uh, end up taking with the truck, if I want to start taking it to the track or if I want to keep it to, you know, tow another truck to the track. It just I haven't gotten that far yet. On your NV4500, do you have the billet and push shaft, or is it running a stock one still? I have the, I think it's the one and three-eighths, so it's the billet and push shaft, the bigger. Did you swap that over yourself? Yeah, I just did that when I did the clutch. It was a pretty simple job take off the front cover and swap her in there. Any any tips for the guys out there? I know a lot of guys, when they order, you know, manual or just clutches for their manual, they do it themselves. And we'll get some messages sometimes, like, usually on the weekends at night where maybe somebody gets stuck and they're like, hey, um, I don't know if anyone's around, but do you know how I do this with this or what I do with the, you know, the slave cylinder or just different things? So Yeah, I, 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 I do get that sometimes, you know, and it's usually friends calling me like, hey, I'm, you know, I need a clutch. You know, who do you recommend? And I, I personally like, you know, Valer out of Texas. Um, they've been nothing but great supporters and uh, provide quality parts. Um, like I said, I run the dual ceramic um, dual disc just because I wanted, you know, sled pulling and I wanted something a little heavier than the organic. However, if you want something a little smoother, engaging, and a little quieter, and just all around driver friendly, uh, organic will probably suits you better still a dual disc it, it, you know, as far as daily driving is it something like you're happy with engagement daily driving towing where you would tell someone how would you direct someone on if they're in this kind of same position same kind of power level they've got a 
a manual and they're unsure which direction to go on the clutch. It seems to come down not so much towards how much power can it hold, but can I daily drive it? Is, you know, my leg going to get tired? Is it, you know, all those kind of nuances of daily driving. What would be your tips for picking a clutch with that in mind? As far as daily driving goes, if you want, you know, a light pedal that's that's not much more overstock, I would do a dual disc. You know, they're they're smooth engaging. The organic ones are smooth engaging. They hold a lot of power. They you know they stay cool. The ceramic ones are a little tougher engaging. They're a little jumpier, but they have um, a little higher horsepower rating. So that's why I went with the organic or the uh, ceramic. But if you want, if you're a tower, like if you just want an easy trip to daily drive. You, about 500 horse, you know, I would I would suggest the dual disc um, organic any day of the week. Um, I have never personally been a fan of big single clutches. Um, I've driven a couple dodges with big singles, and my leg was tired by the time I got across town. <laughs> so, if you want something easy to drive, I would recommend a South Denver Valer um, organic dual disc. Now, the 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 big question is in the future. What are some plans or some ideas you're tossing around for maybe some more upgrades to the truck or getting the power higher, or are you happy with where it is now? Well, I, I'm happy where it is right now because I did just, you know, I added a bigger turbo on it, so I'll have to get bored with it first. But, um, you know, I really uh, had this thought about a year ago, and I wanted to get more into the drag racing scene because I've always been the foot pulling. You know, it's always been about raw power. And, um, you know, I've met some influential people in my life who have been drag racers, and, you know, it just looks like a lot of fun, and it's something that you can go do almost any weekend. Yeah. Whereas sled pulling out where I'm at, out west, it's a little more scarce. I know Lenny at Dynamite and uh, BD and all those guys are really trying hard to, to bring up the sled pulling seat in the west, and it, it and it's improved in the years. And, uh, it's, you know, it's still not just every weekend, you know. So... Um, I'd like to start to race the truck at the track, but um, I think I would need to find a different route, route for the transmission, and I haven't decided if I want to go that far yet and if I want to build another truck to go race, you know. Because uh, recently I just I started to get into the LS scene, you know, the little <laughs> 5, 3, 4, 8 little turbo trucks, and so I'm trying to build one of those right now and see how it does. But I may just in the end go, it's nothing like what a diesel can do, so... I don't know. It, it all just depends, you know, what life throws at me. If it if it allows me to, you know, put a nice built auto in there and drop it down and do some suspension upgrades and take the track, then by all means, I'll do it. But uh, that's kind of the way I want to head with it. But if life doesn't allow it and I just have to tow my other little truck there with it, I'll be happy. It'd definitely be cool to to kind of do do both in a sense or you know it's it seems so tough to have one truck that can do sled pulling and drag racing and and just the setups are they're different oh they're vastly different because you know in drag racing suspension is very important and in sled pulling you you want no travel really (laughs) you (laughs) want to keep that hitch height as high as you can you can pull that sled off the ground but racing you want to be able to load up and and hook up now, if you do, if you were to do an auto, would you try to build it yourself, or would you just want to get one, you know, built by one of the companies out there and just swap yeah. it over? Gosh, that's that's tough, you know, because I am a do-it-myself guy. I have a hard time letting other people do things for me. But um, you know, that may be one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe the first time I'll get it built, and then 
maybe I'll get another core and dive into it and just just see. But I don't know. Eventually, yeah, I'd like to be able to build my own and take it apart if something breaks and, and fix it. But I know there are guys out there like Muldoons and, and Firepunk and Suncoast that just build outstanding transmissions. And uh, I don't know if I could ever, <laughs> ever do the work that they do, especially how quick they can do it and how professional they are. You'll definitely have to keep us updated on the on the plans for the truck. It's a it, it was a, a build when you told me about it. I was like, man, this is really cool. I know a lot of a lot of guys out there are gonna want to hear, you know, about the process of it of and getting the truck and taking it from where it was to where you have it now, and then the things that go into it. With, yeah, I, with I, I I I do get that sometimes. You know, I'll tell people that you know, oh yeah, you know, I sled pull with it, and they're like, oh, that's super cool. It's a dedicated sled truck, and I'm like. No, you know, I still, I still tow with it. I still make do with it. They're like, you sled pull for two, two five, and then go pull twenty thousand with it. And I was like, yeah. It, and it takes every second of it, and it's been <laughs> nothing but reliable. I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. Before, before we let you go, I did want to ask you another question that comes up all the time, and that's, are there any tips or things you've learned along the way to save money? That if you're going to work on your truck yourself you should definitely consider and then things you shouldn't consider where you just like kind of like the kit that you said where, yeah, I could piece it together and try to find everything or I can get one all ready to go. So when I sit down to work on this truck, I have everything I need. Yeah. Um, the buying the kit was more of a, a time and it was just an ease factor, you know, for me, you know, it was worth the extra money to me to, you know, buy Carl's kit and get it. But as far as saving money on parts, um, I would just, before you buy a part, I would, call a professional and just make sure it'll do what you need and i know that if you call two different people you may get two vastly different opinions but you know if you're looking at injector setups and turbo setups you know i would give dynamite a call because they are flat out one of the best in the game and they know more than i ever will so um then it's just it depends on what you want but i would i would agree with talking with a professional really helps because that's how i've done it and it's really worked out for me the times that i haven't talk to a professional about getting the part and i'm like oh yeah that'll work put it on there and it, it ends up costing me money at the end so it's <laughs> it's it's good to know what you're getting into and you know even if you just call and ask be like hey you know i need some help i'm wondering how i should do this and what tips and tricks you have along the way you know most of those guys they'll answer that all day you know they're not really too bugged by it you know they like talking about it yeah that's that's one of the things too i would add on to is you tell a lot when you call a company and say you're not necessarily ready to buy that second, but how they talk to you. Are they willing to spend the time on the phone with you to say, I know you're not ready right now, but you're probably going to be ready in a month or six months or however long it is, but I'm going to tell you, you kind of what you need. And as a consumer, I know when I've done that, I've just made a mental note or written it down. When I need this, I'm calling this guy. And some places aren't as friendly with that, you know, they're just like, well, is your credit card out? No. Okay, well, call me when it is. <laughs> and I don't necessarily want to do business with, with you know, someone or a place like that. Yeah, I, I have experienced that. You know, I've, uh, like I said, I've uh, called Dynamite sometime last year, and I was uh, talking with Brian about a set of injectors, and we probably talked for 45 minutes just on about this one set. And, you know, he didn't try to oversell me. He just, it just told me what I needed and what they could do and what it was going to be. And, you know, that's one of the things I enjoy with talking with people like that is they don't just try to sell you. 
you know, that's one of the things I've realized in the diesel industry is a lot of people don't do that. And I, I think it's really beneficial to a lot of the consumers in the diesel industry because it's it's growing. It's it's vastly growing, and there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily know a lot, but they want to do stuff to their truck. And, you know, there are some guys out there who will get those phone calls, and then they'll just take advantage of them. But uh, a lot of the big guys won't do that. The other cool part, too, is especially like working on it yourself, maybe tackling a project that you haven't done, is you're going to have questions in the middle of something, maybe at 8 at night or on a Saturday or Sunday. And the availability of being able to talk to someone is, you know, can't always guarantee it, but it's nice to be able to reach out to someone on Facebook or Instagram or maybe they answer their phone and you have a question versus, you know, like, I know Amazon is huge for buying parts and things like that. And I've had some friends that have bought things. And I mean, I buy stuff on there too, not necessarily truck stuff, but I buy things. And they'll be like, well, this doesn't fit. What do I do? And I'm like, who are you going to call at Amazon? Like, they don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, I'll add on to that. Um, like I said, Parker Earp at Dark Cloud Diesel in Ohio, he's really the guy who triggered triggered a lot of this building, building the truck for me. And, um, you know, there have been lots of phone calls and late night Facebook messages on, hey, you know, I'm in the shop and it's, you know, two in the morning there and, you know, some nights he doesn't get back to me, but some nights it's, it's seen right away and then we're having a conversation at two in the morning about <laughs> how I go about this one problem. And it, it's been nothing but helpful. And it's fantastic that guys like that exist. Well, Max, it was, it was cool hearing about your build, man. I, I've, uh, second gens are, they're so, they're so popular. And I think that's one really cool thing about diesel is, the it doesn't matter what year it is there's still parts and advancements and things and support aftermarket support for them that it really doesn't matter the year it's just there's so many things you can do to them and take any direction that you want and i know what what you have and what you've done with yours is a really popular kind of basis for diesel performance and the freedom you have because there's not tons of emissions controls on them there's nothing that you really got to deal with on that side of it so you can you throw a p-pump on it you can you know run a larger single you can do whatever you want with it and i think that's a big thing in diesel right now is i want to make the truck how i want and i don't want to deal with all the newer stuff that's on these trucks yeah i i'll agree to that and parts are plentiful for these trucks you know they're everywhere and there's still new research being done on these trucks that are gosh almost 20 years old mm -hmm. you know i mean there's still advancements on the vc44 there's still you know, all this stuff going on, and um, I think it's a great truck to start with, too. Like, if you're looking at, at, at getting a new diesel, but you're not, you, you don't care about having the new fancy, and especially if you don't care about them riding nice, a second gen might be for you. You know, I mean, they're just, they're simple, they're reliable, you know, the suspension could use some work, but other than that, you know, it, it has been a great truck. Like I said, I, I drive this thing to and from the Seattle area to Montana, regularly and it has never let down well man thanks again for for taking time with us today and dropping some knowledge on us and uh and helping our listeners out yeah i i enjoy listening to the podcast i you know usually i'm, if I'm on a road trip you know I'll just put it on and go for a cruise and listen to a couple episodes and <laughs> get caught up on them sometimes we release them like so much during the week that i know it's like 
man, there's three of them or two of them, but we hear from a lot of, a lot of listeners out there and I'm on the, you know, I'm on the road going on a trip. I'm working or guys in the shop that are working or just doing anything, just putting it on and hearing about different trucks and things that are coming up or builds on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love listening because I, I learned just as much as anyone else from them because you've got some great talent on here. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again and, and stay in touch with us and, and uh, keep us updated on, uh, on the drag racing direction you may go. And if you go the, the auto route and, and uh, you know, kind of what goes into that decision, we'll do another podcast. Yeah, we'll do. All right. I appreciate your time. Don't forget diesel fans. Make sure and check out diesel doctor of Tennessee. If you're looking for an engine, you need one for your truck, whether it's a, a you know truck you tow every day with use for work, or it's a race truck that you're, you're going to be building for next race season. They can help you out. Just go to diesel 911.com and also BD diesel performance. You need turbos, injectors, injection pumps, transmissions, anything from the, the axle to the engine. They've got it. Go to dieselperformance.com and check them out till next time. Keep the shiny side up.